So Samuel said, has the Lord, has the Lord as great delight, has the Lord, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to keep than the fat of lambs. For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being a king. This moment, but um, let's hold on for a minute or two about obedience. Obedience, again, because if you've been going to our church for a while, you know a lot about suffering and you know a lot about sacrifice. Everything we do has to do with suffering, but you know what? Our suffering has a word. Come on. Everything we do has to do with discipline. I mean, we live a lifestyle. As a Christian, we live a lifestyle of when people will be around you, they have, they have to be convicted because there's a, there's a sacrifice in life. Okay? Without, if you don't show, you will not leave. So we have those things in our lives. But sometimes I feel like, because we have this idea, I have this idea that as long as I sacrifice, I will be blessed, which is not scriptural. You know? And we would go on fasting, we would go on praying, we would go on night prayers, we would go lay on the floor, we would go this and this and this. And we will get into a life where we see God, I don't see any blessings coming my way. I mean, I'm sacrificing. And yes, we have to remember the principle Abraham just said of patience. But the Bible says that obedience brings blessing, not sacrifice. So, and here we read that this, this word was addressed to Saul. King Saul. Everyone say Saul. King Saul, um, he went on a mission where God sent him on a mission to destroy Al- uh, Amalek. Amalekites. He went to destroy Amalekites. He went there, and the Bible says they destroyed all the bad stuff and all the good stuff they left for the Lord. And all the good stuff they left, they left for the Lord. See, half obedience is as dangerous as rebellion. We obey 99 and 1%. It's just, you know, we, we, we do the Lord. You know, like we do, uh, some people say, uh, you know, they, they committed a sin and we say, and someone said, you know, nothing, it's not wrong to steal, you know, when somebody has, uh, somebody needs it. You know, I mean, I want to bless somebody. You know, that's obedience because you're blessing somebody by.
percent. For all this way, they can hold nothing. And for Gideon's is dangerous. Samson went to far through his city in disobedience. But he did something he was never supposed to do. Like touch the dead body of a dead animal. And he disobedience. And that happens to you. You know, I think of our lives. How many times we live our everyday life and there's just a part of our life that we stop. And usually it's becoming a small part. But the blessings of God are withheld from our lives. The anointing that then sells for us for ourselves to grow, for our jobs, for, for, for us to get a raise, for somebody to get a car, for somebody to get a just a blessing, for somebody to get a job, for somebody to even better get better grades at school. As it goes, blessings are withheld. And that is a part of our obedience. And it's just mixed with disobedience. Okay? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter uh, 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Those of you who are listening, sir. You know, you, you guys remember Moses? God told Moses, go and get the, the rock. Go and speak to the rock, and the rock will bring water. And the Bible says Moses came and he what? He hit the rock. Because of that, they're entering the promised land. Out of disobedience is dangerous. Out of disobedience is dangerous. Some of young people, you've committed your life to God, and you still allow others, you know, bad sins into your life. Bad is small, you know, innocent. For other people, it's, you know, some things, maybe the most important thing is just get rid of this. For others, maybe you never spoke about that. For example, to me, let's say, God spoke to me, you know, have a prayer life every day, this and this and this and this. For other people, you never said that. And if I will disobey that area, the blessings of the Lord will be withheld from my life. Some things the Lord has spoken to you. If you obey me, then his blessings will always shine. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, I want you to underline in your Bible voice of the Lord. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, underline commandments. So there are two things we have to obey, commandments and the voice. And let's continue to read. Which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Oh, come on, somebody. Overtake you. We have issues overtaking us. We have past overtaking us. We have devil overtaking us. But here it says, blessings will overtake you. Oh, hallelujah. I'm more excited about this than you are. Because you obey the voice of the Lord. Why will these blessings overtake you? It does not say because you sacrifice and you fast and you pray, which things are important and they require in our lives. But because you obey. Because you obey. And the two things in here it says, the voice of the Lord and the commandment. This is the commandment of the Lord, and this is the voice. God in here will never tell you to go to college. And God in here will never tell you to, uh, to, to, to get, choose this or this career. God in here will never tell you don't date or, get, or get, uh, don't hook up with that girl or that guy. God in here will never tell you to pick that class or that class or that class. God in here will never tell you which car to buy and which business to start and which business to quit and which thing to choose or which thing not 
Jews, but he will tell you in the spirit. God will never tell you in here to go and start exercising. God will not tell you, for example, God, even a couple days ago, I had a quickening in my spirit simply to drop some things that I was doing which were right. And it's simply no motives at all. You will never find it in the Bible. But you have it in here. So there are commandments, which is the Word of God, and there is the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the reasons it's so important that we should have a prayer life where God speaks to us. Because we told the people closing God, well, prayer is like a one, one, one-way street. We talk, 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 talk. And we finish God to show the system, and I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go. And God has never come to experience the blessings of His blessing this. It's the level of your obedience, not your sacrifice, that determines the level of your blessing. I'm gonna put it one more time. It's the level of your obedience, not your sacrifice, that determines the level of Blessing is not to have three, four, five, six cars. But for me, it's blessing not to be blessed from a place to impact people's lives, from the sales to grow, from the youth ministry to grow, to impact other people, you know, to speak, uh, to eventually write books, to do this and this. And I have my own dreams and my own, my own desires. And I came to the Lord and said, Lord, I want to be a blessing, but I need to be blessed first. I want to be a blessing. To desire to be a blessing is not selfish. Not to desire to be a blessing is selfish. Because when you desire to be a blessing, it's always you're being a blessing always to somebody else as well. But you cannot be a blessing unless you're blessed. And here we say that we have here we see that the level of our obedience determines the level of our blessing. If you want to be blessed in school, you want to be blessed in the house, you want to be blessed at your job, you want to be blessed at yourself, anywhere you want to be blessed, the key and the root of it is obedience, not just sacrifice. And we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that God destroyed the nations before Israel, not because, you know, God wanted to put Israel in those nations and they were there. So God said, God, I remove you. Even if you cannot be in one land, but because of the disobedience. If you look throughout the Bible, people always fail to disobey. Even those who sacrifice a lot. There are people who cut themselves. There are people on the day of uh, Virgin Mary. They will walk on their knees miles and miles and they're never blessed. Why? Because it's not the depth of your sacrifice that matters. It's the depth of your obedience. And if you will choose to live an obedient life, I will tell you something. It will be sacrificial, but enjoyable. We need to simply choose to obey. If you look in your life and there is a lack of God's blessings, I want, I want, I want you to ask yourself, in which area, what the Lord has been telling you lately to change or not to do. Or something maybe the Lord has been telling you that you're not going to eat. Stop eating more plants. You're going to die faster. Obey your parents. You know, live longer. And you'll be saying, you know what, Lord, no, 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 no. You know, change this. Start hanging out with those friends. Start doing this. Or something, you know, the parents, when they're God's missing, start imparting into your kids instead of just imparting into your pocket. Or so some of you say, you know, raise up your kids, pray for them, fast more to this, and God's been quickening your heart about that. See, the thing is, if you respond, your blessing drops on you. If you withhold, you're going to feel miserable inside because you withhold, and the blessing is going to be withhold from you. It's so important to obey. 
which Samuel said is better than sacrifice. See, the disobedience of Adam brought the curse upon all earth. Obedience of Jesus brought the blessing upon all earth. What will you bring in this earth? Do your obedience or your disobedience? Um, obedience, the word obedience is carrying out the word of the will of the God of mercy. something like you like to do and then ask for me or somebody else for me, going back to it. Right? It's out the will or the desires of the other person. It's not easy, amen? Or you know, you're watching the best show and mama tells you, go wash dishes. Yes! I'm so happy. I can wash dishes. No, you're like, mom, what are you doing here? You just have to be taking a nap. Or something. I mean, we don't like to do that by nature. See, many times we think that the maturity of a Christian is dependent on how much Bible he knows. The maturity of the Christian is determined by how much Bible he lives. We think sometimes who has the craziest revelation? Well, he's spiritual. The depth of your privacy, you know, the, the depth of your privacy will determine the height of your publicity. And I can go on with all those good quotes, but how many of them do I live by? You can know all you want to, but how many of those you live by? There's some people who don't know a lot what they're living. Amen? That's your maturity. Your maturity is not determined by how much you know. It's by how much you live. How much you fulfill. Amen? Um, two things. Just two things. Two things I want to say about uh, why do you submit? Sometimes we disobey. It's not because we don't hear God. We know we heard Him. We know He said it. There's two reasons. Let's go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Why do you disobey? Well, it's not surprising. John chapter 16 and verse 8. come, is the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And verse 9 explains the sin of the Spirit. Excuse me, will convict the sin. Of sin because they don't believe in Me. Of sin because they don't believe in Me. You know, it's always nice for you to know that your closest friends cannot trust you. It's always nice to know that your closest people cannot share secrets with you because you have been married. It's always nice to know when somebody will admit to you, um, don't tell that person why I don't trust you. You know, there's nothing that grieves your heart more than knowing you cannot be trusted. You cannot be relied upon. Look what happens. The reason why we don't obey is because we don't trust persons. We don't trust some people say, no, no, that's not true. But let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews, we will put Bible scripture. Hebrews, um, that's not Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 18 and 19. Now it's coming. Hebrews 3 and 
verse 18 and 19. I want you to look for the word believe and unbelief in the Bible. And to know that he swears that they will not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. Why did Israel not go to the promised land? Because they did not obey. Verse 19. So we see they could not enter because of what? Whoa. So he puts unbelief and disobedience on the same plan. Why? Everybody, stay with me just for a moment. Why they did not obey? Because they did not believe they could. If Israel did not trust God that God could lead them to the promised land, since they did not trust Him, it became a root of their disobedience. It's interesting that Israel made a, made a God, made a made a bull, made, a, made an animal, and they worshipped him. And God did not say you will not enter into the promised land because you worshipped an idol. But he said you will not enter into the promised land because you said we will not enter into it. See, it's interesting that idolatry is smaller than negative confession. It's interesting when we say negative things about God, about ourselves, about our circumstances, it's worse than worshipping other things. And that is disobedience. And that is simple, not trusting God. And that is simple, slapping God in the face and saying, God, I don't believe you're big enough to lead me to the promised land. I don't believe you're strong enough to provide for me. I don't believe I can trust you with my life because you failed. When? I don't remember. And if we don't trust Him, next thing that happens is we don't obey. Satan comes to Eve. And the first thing he does is he questions the commandment of God. He says, did God say you don't have to eat from that apple? You know, he was like, yes, God, God said we cannot eat. She trusted that God said. He goes on and he says, okay, you believe that God said you cannot eat out of it? Uh, remember, God said you're going to die if you're going to eat out of it. He says, but it's not true that when you're going to eat out of it, you will die. It's not true. He says, oh, come on, that's a joke. It will never happen. And Eve said, hmm, so what do I believe? Maybe it's not true. When she bought into that lie, she died. As long as Eve believed, she will die after eating that fruit. She never took it. As long as she had faith that when you take that, you're going to die. She never took it. It's interesting that she had faith that God said, don't touch it, but she did not have faith. The same God said, if you touch it, you die. It's interesting that we believe one part about God, which he says, um, if you obey, I will bless you, but we don't believe the part that if you don't, I'll curse you. God doesn't curse. Yes, he does. And please, and please destruction. We believe the part about God that if you believe, if you pray, you know, if you go after God, if you seek, you'll be rewarded and God will bless you. But sometimes we forget to obey that if you sow something bad, you will reap and God cannot be wrong. And other people, they believe all the negative things about God, but they never believe anything about positive. You know, God will punish you if you sin, but God will never bless you if you obey. That's distrust. And it becomes a root disobedience. Listen, God knows what he's talking about. When God is coming into you, listen, young, young people, guys and girls, you're in a relationship and God is coming and saying that the relationship is not right. Do you know why you don't obey him? Because you believe that he's wrong and you're right. If 
they would believe that God is smaller, and His thoughts are not yours, that it's you who needs to change, not Him. Guess what? You will simply drop that thing down and say, God, I believe you. If God is coming into you and He's saying, you know what, I want you to choose and choose this path for your life, this career, this profession, or this calling for your life. You say, God, that's impossible. See, if you would trust that He knows what He's talking about, and He's further than you, you will obey. That was this guy who was driving a truck. He was driving, not a truck, he was driving an automobile, a car, a small car. Jesus, small car. And uh, he was following this huge truck. Had a lot of stuff on this. Uh, on this, he had a big long trailer, I mean, a long truck. And he was going somewhere in the mountains. So, you know, uh, almost every other second there's a check. And this truck was driving no more than 10 miles per hour. And you could drive at 67. So, this guy was behind the truck and passing. And see, he was scared because he did not know that there would be a car coming next to him. So, he was driving for 40 minutes. And the guy in the helicopter. Saw that there's no cars coming against him. You know, and he's like, man, what? A, can't you just pass him? There's no cars in front of you. And since he never saw that there were cars in front of him, he was always afraid and always jumping on the truck. That's what some of our lives God sees people from the top, and he tells you, you can go, pass it. And sometimes God says, don't get on that line. You say, God, you don't know. God says, I do, I see further than you. You only seek the first corner. God says, I see your end from the beginning. So we have to realize that God knows better than us, which is a simple truth, but hard to comprehend. Hard to comprehend sometimes. God knows better than you. When he says something in your spirit, in your voice, do this and do this, he knows it better and it's for your good, not for his good. Hallelujah. Amen. shows how much love you have toward God, and obedience shows how much reverence you have toward His Word. The Bible says in Isaiah that God will look upon a man who trembles before His Word. Demons tremble before His Word. Everything trembles before His Word. Jesus was on the boat, and the wind came against Him, and Jesus said, Be quiet. The disciples walked and said, Wow, Jesus, winds and storm obey you. It's interesting that everything God created obeys His voice, except 
interesting that everything trembles before his word, except sometimes he believes. But yes, if you have faith in God, so you can see. You might say, I believe in God, I believe God exists, I trust God. If you don't obey, it's a big step. Said to Abraham and he's like, Here we are. Let's skip through this. You know that he said, You, your only son that you love, and everything. But first, well, and he said, Do not lay your hand upon the lad, just like a teenager, or do anything to him. For I know now that you fear God. Hmm. Obedience is the test which determines if you fear God or not. So God wants to see if you have reverence for the man. He looks and sometimes God wants you to do some simple things. Other times, some just things you're like, God, why? But that shows if you have reverence for him or not. You fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Verse 16. You sin. By myself, I will stop. This is the promise. By myself, person in the world and you love everybody, God will not ask you to put a smile on your face. If you're a person who don't have a lot of money and if you do, you always bless somebody, God will not ask you to give this and this amount of money to this and this person, which was the last thing you want to do on your list. God will ask you to something that's precious. How many of you guys have this before in your life? <laughs> you're like, you're fighting for something, <laughs> you paid the greatest price, you got it. Scissors. And I don't know why, my parents would always hate us holding scissors. What a knife. We'd go on the kitchen. I mean, rarely we have an opportunity and a privilege to hold that knife. And when we do that, I mean, our parents just start screaming, Give me the knife! Give me the knife! I'm like, Mom, Dad, I need to go. Everything is okay. I can hold this. And usually what parents would do, if they see you don't give them what they ask you for, they'll twist your arm and they take it away from you. I asked this question to the Lord, and I said, God, why are you not twisting my arm when I don't give you something you're asking me for? Listen, listen, listen up. 
when God sees you holding something he thinks is threatening to your life, he will ask you to give it to him, but he will never twist your arm. Because when he twists your arm, he protects you, but you never show obedience. He says, you're not going to get a blessed by me taking away the thing. But listen, I want you to give me that so you can get rid of trouble and have a blessing on your account. Abraham has this thing, and God says, Abraham, I really feel you, have, you don't have enough blessings on your account. I'm going to give you some more. Give me Isaac. Abraham did not know what God was thinking. What do you think about Isaac? No. Listen, sometimes the more we are withholding from the Lord, the more His, the hand is withheld from 
reason why I like obedience is not because sometimes it's painful, but because the reward is only our glorious. Every time we're withholding from God, nothing. We say, God, none of me of all of you, less of me and more of you. Next thing that happens, we decrease and He increases, like John the Baptist said. This morning, I want to ask you how much of God is withheld from you. I want to ask you how much of God's presence is withheld from your life. And you know, some of you say, I don't know what experience. I want to ask you, maybe there's an area of your life that God just give up and you say, God, I cannot. See, you will feel more pain by holding on what you should let go than by you letting go. More guilt, more pain. And God will never twist your arm. God will stand and watch you cut yourself and bleed. God will stand and watch you take that knife and kill yourself, but He will not touch you unless you give it away. He will cry, He will weep, He will scream, but He will not touch that knife. Why? Because He loves you like this. He loves you like that. He wants you to know that He's not asking you for something just to keep Himself happy. He's asking you because He's your daddy.
is obeying it, as we obey the universal God. I thank you, God, as we step in, it's a risk. As it's going to be a sacrifice. It's going to be, it's going to take boldness. And Father, I thank you, it's going to take courage. But I thank you, as we step in, in obedience, you will do what you promise to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the answer of every person. Saturday, I think, Salmo at night, um, 6 or 7, we're going to meet in Salmo's house, only 
So guys, you can be dismissed. God bless you.